It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. All right. Episode 111. Sitting across from me, the man, the myth, some would call a legend of sports training, sports facility training. This guy and me have had multiple phone conversations, multiple dialogue conversations. I'm happy to bring him on this show for episode 111. Also at the same time, I remember when the first time I met this guy, and he's kind of looking at me right now with this look <coughs> on his face, 50 Cent. We had a conversation about 50 Cent. He was the only dude that side with me and talked about, I forget what album was it. What album was it? It was the one with, um, I think, 50 with the face. It was the, Strong Enough was on it. Crime Wave was on it. See, I haven't even given this introduction for him of who this is on my show. It's not 50, though, guys. He's just smiling, all teeth. Anyways, what, welcome. Welcome to Mr. Miguel Wason to the Mitchell Port Unleashed. You're not going to say anything? What's good? What's up? <laughs> you, look, you look nervous. No, I'm not nervous. It's about time. You know, it's only been 100 plus episodes and finally. Anyways, <laughs> who is Miguel Wason? I want you to tell the listeners of the Mitchell Report Unleashed, my friend. Honestly, I'm a simple person. Just doing what I can in the, the fitness industry for athletes. Trying to help athletes get to a point in their sports where... They, they reach the mountaintop because a lot of athletes in this country, they never get that opportunity to reach the top. Like Everyone's always telling them what they should do, where they should go, what they should settle for. And I, I'm a firm believer that the sky's the limit. Like Push as far as you can go until you can't go anymore. And I know that you've pushed yourself as far as you can go when it comes to like training you know yourself. And I know you had injuries at one point in time. You played a little bit of football one point in time. And I know we're going to get into all that. But what made you get into sports training yourself before you start getting into contact with the athletes itself? Uh, for me, realistically, I, even when I was still playing sports, I was training people. Like I started out doing sports-specific stuff when I was in like second year with London Legion doing speed and agility work with their young kids like we're talking like six seven year olds and then like I never stopped doing it so like the entire way through when I was playing sports and running track I was always training on the side staying involved in that aspect 
And then after I, I made the decision to stop playing football um, when I tore my ACL in Florida when I was with the BC Lions, that's when I went full-fledged into training athletes full-time. For the American listeners, explain the BC Lions, explain the CFL, because they get the CFL and the NFL, and they, t- they tease us. A lot of my American connects, they always tease us, and they're saying, what is the CFL? CFL is Canadian football. They can't really tease us because our league is made up of 70% American players. Like the, the quality of football in the CFL is just as good as the NFL in some respects. It's just we play it by different rules. That's it. The field's a little bit bigger, but the athleticism is still there. Like It has to be there because you got more space to do things. So you're looking at guys that maybe were in NFL training camps, NFL OTAs that didn't make that final cut and they go to the CFL to keep playing football for that next shot the next year. What position do you play in football? I play defensive back. So anywhere in the defensive secondary I played. I played corner, I played half, I played safety, you name it. Is that because you couldn't catch as a wide receiver? I know I'm putting you on the spot. but I mean, I came to Western as a wide receiver and the way it worked at Western, like it was all about the running game, so... When, you, when you're a receiver in a running system like that, it doesn't really work to your benefit. So I made the decision in second year to switch to DB. What You said you injured your ACL. How did that happen? Was that in a practice? Was that in... Was that in well, so that we happen? were down in Florida in Boca, um, and we were just doing open workouts and was going on a deep route covering a receiver, and I was going to intercept the ball, and the receiver came down on my shoulders with only one leg on the ground. And the force of it, the impact of it on my knee just blew my ACL, tore my hamstring. And at first, I didn't even realize that something serious was wrong because, like, I I limped at first and I was like, okay, like, I felt that. And then I tried to go back in and move around, but, like, I couldn't move. Like, there was no acceleration. There was no power in the step. And then I sat down for about 10 minutes and my legs swelled up fast. Like, it was crazy. And that was it? That was just, that was it? Well, I told myself, like, the one thing that I always tell people, and I, I don't knock people for getting injured and coming back because that right there is the ultimate motivation as an athlete. But I told myself, like, my motivation in life was to never be that guy that just played football and all I cared about was football. Like, I was always a well-rounded person. Like, I ran track as well. Like, I trained. So I told myself, if I ever got hurt seriously and tore something in my knee, then... I would step away from football because it wasn't worth risking re-injuring and then messing up everything else in my life that I was trying to do. So at that point, for me, it was it. Absolutely, absolutely. Would you, would if if you weren't doing the sports training and that injury never happened, do you feel that you'd still be playing football right now? Realistically, no. Um, the CFL for a Canadian DB is not is not made for them to have long careers because there's a lot of turnover in the CFL. Like, a roster could be completely different from year to year. Um, So the CFL was never my ultimate goal. Like, I enjoyed playing football a lot, but at the same time, I shared passions in training people. I I shared passions in running track. Like, I have strong passions in music. Like, it wasn't just football for me. A lot of guys that play football, it's just football for them. So I never had that problem. The relationship with a mutual friend of ours, Vaughn Martin, right? A lot of people don't know, right? Played in the NFL, 
defensive tackle, I believe fourth round draft pick, right? Can't remember what number of the fourth round it was. <laughs> How did that relationship start? And I know from, was it in London, Ontario, where we are right now? Or was it, you know, when you were kind of playing football for the high school level here? So I first heard about Vaughn in high school because I got a lot of looks um, as just an athlete um, because how fast I was playing football at the Team Canada level. And Vaughn played on that Team Canada team that used to be based out of Quebec. Um, The first time I actually met Vaughn, it was off-season first year, and I was in the weight room, and this ginormous shadow walks through the hallway outside the weight room towards Greg Marshall's room, and everyone's like, oh, like that's Vaughn, like, he's transferring here because he was down at Michigan State. And I was like, all right, that's cool. Like, I like that. Like, what position does he play? Like, defensive tackle, defensive end? And I was like, perfect. Walked out of the weight room, had about 15-minute conversation with them, welcomed them, and that, in that 15 minutes, I knew, like, this was going to be my guy. And from there on out, like, we've been close. Didn't matter where we were in this world, nothing has ever changed. Absolutely. I've seen the multiple pictures on social media, right? What did you learn from Vaughn, right, playing? No, being his friend, being his, you know, I'd say his partner in crime, the Batman to the Robin. <laughs> so the best thing that Vaughn really has ever taught just in life is because everyone has their perception of what their personality is and the way that they interact with people. And I was the same way. I had my perception of how I was, how I treated people, how I reacted to things. And one of the best things that Vaughn ever taught me was not always to knee-jerk react to things. Always listen more because, like, if you listen to what someone's saying, like, you'll find out exactly what they think about you, like, what their plans are for you, things like that. Like, um, and Vaughn and I are are very similar personality-wise, but very different at the same time. So that's why we can get along the way we do. Like, Vaughn and I never in 10-plus years of being friends have ever had to worry about someone saying something about us that the other person said about them. Because if Vaughn had something bad to say about me, I know he's going to say it right to my face. So he's not going to waste time saying it to anyone else. And same thing with me. Like, the amount of times I've heard someone say, oh, this and that about Vaughn, or Vaughn's heard this and that about me, I can sit there and say, well, you don't really know him then. Like, it's that simple. If you really knew Vaughn like that, then you wouldn't be saying this or even trying to say this because I'm the wrong person to be saying it to. You You sounded real humble right now, man. You sounded very humble when you talk. This is not the Miguel that I know. I know Miguel can get very ecstatic out there, say what he needs to say. (laughs) And the thing is, is like, by nature, I am a humble person. Like, everything I do, I don't make it about me. Like, I am a humble person. But at the same time, you you gotta let people know, like, my background in in fitness and my background athletically like I don't talk about it a lot but like if you're gonna come step to me and and say something about me as a trainer or or me as an athlete I'm gonna I'm gonna check you because don't get it twisted like I am where I am right now because I was a good athlete like don't act like I was just some guy that did sports and couldn't hack it as an athlete like I put my dues in like you can't walk around this city in athletics and say a bad thing about me because the coaches know they know what I did like at the CFL level like 
I didn't get the respect that I should have at Western, and it didn't matter. The CFL still respected me. So at the, at the end of the day, like you can say whatever you want, but like I earned my respect in this sports community. Absolutely, absolutely. Chase and Sydney Brown, the twins. These guys, these kids, man. I've seen game tape, and my God, you've trained them, right? They're now Division One athletes. One's at Western Michigan. The other one's at Illinois. The relationship. How did that build? So I met the twins when they were in grade nine at South in London. And this was when I was training my first group for the CFL Combine. So I had Calvin Johnson, Ricky Osakusi. When you say Calvin Johnson, we mean the Calvin Johnson no, that no, played no, for no, the no. Detroit Cal- Lions. Calvin Johnson. So all the guys I'm listing are guys that played at Western. <laughs> okay, fair. That fair. were getting ready for the CFL Combine. So Preston Huggins, uh, Daryl Wad, Rory Connop. All these guys were getting ready for the CFL Combine. And I was training with them. Vaughn was back in the offseason getting some work in. And then these two kids, uh, I used to work with their dad. He brought them around. And he was like, yeah, like... Uh, like, they're good. Like, they need to be around this caliber of athletes so that they can work and, and push themselves. And honestly, the first time that we worked out with them and we were just doing footwork stuff and hurdle mobility, I was like, yo, these kids are special. Like, there's just something about the way that they move already mm-hmm. that I could tell that they were special. Mm-hmm. And I remember everyone around them was always like, oh, you got to go to Western. Like, that'd be such a great story. You guys grew up in London. Like, you got to go to Western and kill it. And, in the CIS because it was a CIS at that point not U Sports Mm -hmm. and in my head I was like forget about the CIS forget about Western no disrespect to Western but forget about Western like these kids could play down south there's potential like so I remember after grade 10 I told him I was like listen like as good as you guys are you're just scratching the surface potential wise like you need to get out of here and you need to go finish high school in the States somewhere and and really see how good you are because up here just running the show in London, Ontario, like, don't get me wrong, London football is great, but Florida football versus London football, it's not even the same planet. Same thing um, with basketball, you know, exactly. we both know uh, that. So they ended up going down to a school in Bradenton, Florida, called St. Stephen's, and they spent two years down there, um, two state championships, so I'm talking, they're playing teams like IMG down there. So they're not playing scrubs, they're playing serious teams, and they beat IMG's team. Um... Chase ended up being a four-star recruit at running back, and Sydney was a three-star recruit at DB. But he played both ways, so his potential was through the roof. Um, and then Chase got every offer you could think of. Um, Sydney got four offers, I believe. And I remember them talking to me, trying to decide about where they wanted to go in the NCAA, and I was like, listen, like, don't always get trapped by going to that big-name school just because it's that big-name school. I'm like, you got to go somewhere where you're going to get the respect and you're going to get opportunity because at a big-name school, you might not necessarily get the respect um, and opportunity because like that's where all the five-star recruits are going. So right now, Chase is third-string running back at Western Michigan, but the coaches after two games are already talking about him saying he's the most talented running back on their team. Mm-hmm. So Okay. And Sydney walked in in training camp and won the starting nickelback spot. So, like, these kids aren't slouches. Like at, it, at Illinois. At Illinois. He's starting nickelback. I didn't even know about exactly. this. So, I didn't even know about this. And I got them both on social media. So imagine that people were telling these kids, oh, like, just go to Western, who's the defending national champions in Canada, 
But now these kids are one starting at Illinois in the Big Ten, which is no slouch of a conference. Okay, talk about it. And the other one against Michigan had DeMarco Murray talking about how talented he was when he got in the game and was touching the ball. So, like, they're doing great things, and, like, I'm super proud of them. Like, I'm going to see Sid play Penn State next week and then the week after going to see Chase play against Eastern Michigan. So... They're doing great things. Like, so the Penn State game, is that in Penn State? Or? No, the Penn State game is in Champaign, Illinois. Okay. So that's a home game for Sid. Okay, yeah. okay. I got to, now hopefully this is televised. This needs to be televised because I need to see this, you know, at least highlight tape. I know you're going to have the recordings and whatnot. So well, I mean, like the things. Penn State game probably will be televised because they're a big school in the Big Ten. So it'll be definitely nationally televised. Anytime a top 25 team ranked is playing chances are it's going to be on tv so so we speak about the relationship the training aspect because i've seen the instagram videos i've seen the social media videos the training looked like it was it was top-notch training right what did what was there any time that you see them not say give up but they kind of were lazy and like they wanted to like fall back a little bit because you know of the young personalities and stuff like that or were they just kind of straight, they stayed hungry, stayed with the driving force that they had? I'll tell you this. I've never had two athletes who did not settle and slack ever. Like, when I'm talking, like, I never had to worry about them slacking, and I had to more so worry about telling them not to do too much. Like, these kids are dogs. Like, you will not find kids that work harder than them. Like, I'll tell you right now, these kids are already talking about coming back in their offseason and training to get better for next season. They're only three games into the season. Mm. Like, that's how hungry these kids are. Mm. Like, these kids are motivated beyond belief. Like, I've only ever been around one other person like that, and that was Powell Kruba, who was a linebacker at Western, who was the president's choice winner, the best linebacker in the entire country. And he was a specimen. Like, he worked harder than anyone until I met these kids. And then these kids just blew it out of the water. Like... It's unbelievable because you know what this generation's like. They want everything handed to them. Exactly. These kids go out and they get everything that they've got. Period. Okay. With all these athletes, what are your top three training methods? Methods. My God. Butchered that. Methods. Implementation into plans is the first one we're going to start with. Okay. So the biggest problem in Canada um, is that Everyone is like, oh, you got to lift weights. You got to be strong. Like, if you're not strong, then uh, you can't hack it. And I'm like, all right, well, yeah, you got to be strong to a certain extent. But at the end of the day, you got to be an athlete. And you got to be the best athlete possible first. So, my biggest thing is mobility and flexibility. Because if you're mobile and flexible and you can move your body through all the different ranges of motions, then anything I throw at you, you're ready for. It's not like I'm going to throw something at you and because you've never done it before and your body can't handle it, um, you're going to hurt yourself. So injury prevention, mobility, flexibility, that's first. The second thing is, is teaching you how to be faster and more explosive off the bat. Because if you're not fast and you're not explosive, then it doesn't matter how good you are at your sport, how much knowledge you have about your sport. If the guy lining up across from you is just flat out faster than you, then you're in trouble. Like There's nothing you can do about it. And I always tell them, you could run a 4-3 as a Canadian, and there could be an American. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. 
Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Runs a 4-3, and the American's going to look faster than you. Not because he's just faster than you by that point zero one second. It's because he's more explosive, and he gets to top speed faster than you can get to top speed. So the problem in Canada is everyone teaches them track speed. And I'm like, great. Like, football is not a track meet. Football is who's the fastest guy in the first 5-10 yards, because that's where the battle is won. Absolutely. Um, so a lot of my training methodologies actually are influenced by this guy down in Boca named Tony Villani, who is still to this day teaching me a lot. Like I was down there three weeks ago, and we were talking about um, how we prepare guys to deal with the speed separation, even at the highest level. And we were talking about if you watch the NFL now, like guys don't really separate that much from each other anymore because everyone's learning down in America now, like, if you're not fast in that first 5'10", then it's it's a problem. Like If you see the guys that are getting exposed on the NFL field, like if you just watch the first 5, 10 yards of the play, then you see where it's coming from. Like Once that 5, 10 yard play is over and you go back and you look at it, you're like, okay, this is where he got beat. Like Once they're down the field, if a guy runs 4'3", who's chasing a guy that runs 4'5", if that guy that runs 4'5", has two steps on you, it takes you a long time to catch up to him. Dude, you're giving me some education and right now, man. Doesn't matter that you run four three. Okay. <laughs> that that's still gonna take you about 15, 20 yards to close in on. Yep, yep. So like that's why you always look. A receiver that runs four five, four six, they'll take them in the draft if they run good routes. You never see a corner that runs four five, four six going high because like you're not gonna hack it going against a guy that runs four four, four five. Right? No, you're done. You're done. You're done. You're gonna stay in zone coverage exactly, and you're gonna have a chance. Exactly. So like <laughs> when you look at guys like Denzel Ward, like he runs a four three. The reason why they like him is because he runs a four three and he's athletic. Like he might lose in one step, but he's got that speed to make up that step. Like Absolutely. tell me the last time you saw a, a top D V go in the first two rounds that ran slower than a four four. Point. It's not going to happen. One of the, one of the best in the game right now in the NFL is Jalen Ramsey. I don't even know what he ran. Right? He ran, I'd say a four 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 five, but he's a big body corner. So yeah. like he makes up for that by jamming you and being physical with you. Yeah, exactly. Like you're not just going to run by him. Like he's going to make you earn every yard that you run by him. So wait, so hold on. You say okay. So we're going to switch the directions a teeny bit because you say a, a, a cornerback right against a wide receiver, you got to earn the yards. What about last week? We saw we saw Odell gain. Over 100 yards, so... Okay, but... But Odell's a different beast. You're talking about one of the best receivers all round that the game has ever seen. Thank you for saying this. Like, you don't understand, like, not only does Odell run great routes, and not only is he fast, but his releases off the line are some of the best releases we've ever seen. Scary. Like, it's incredible 
how he releases when he's running a short route, an intermediate route, and he's running down the field. So, like, Jalen Ram, that was a big test for him. And let's be honest, how many of those yards that he got were against Jalen Ramsey? Like, I, I think I well, only watched them line up against each other six or seven times where Odell caught a pass. It's not like he was getting torched down the field by he didn't, Odell. He, we knew he wasn't going to torch him down the field. Exactly. Let's be real. Like, and you got to think, you're going against an elite defense, right? Exactly. That's a Super Bowl contending defense. You and know you, what I mean? And you got to remember, the thing about Jacksonville is, is Jacksonville doesn't need to rely on just having Jalen Ramsey lock up um, – Odell Beckham, they got A.J. Boye on the other side, and they probably have the most athletic linebacking core in the entire NFL. So, like, they work very well together. And then you got Clayus Campbell on the D-line. Like, they don't need a corner to just be like, hey, you need to lock him down by yourself. They don't <laughs> exactly. need that. They exactly. play good team defense. The other question. I have two more. Longevity into carrying through the offseason, right? Because a lot of these athletes are going to train – hardcore in the off-season. Now, we're both trainers, right? I'm not a sports trainer. You know what I mean? I do weight loss and whatnot and all that good stuff. You're the sports-specific person, right? How do you design or talk to them in such a way where the off-season plan is going to be a lot different than the during-the-season plan? Okay, so realistically, the off-season is trying to become the fastest, most explosive athlete possible. Mm-hmm. So the focus in the offseason isn't necessarily lift weights, get big, get strong. Like There will be a strength portion and a power portion, but 70% of the time we spend, we're spending making you a better athlete. So you're not going to be lifting weights. You're going to be out on a field or on a track moving. Like Everything in sports is movement. And you see it in every sport. The people that move better tend to succeed. You look at soccer. Cristiano Ronaldo is one of the best athletes in the world. And the reason why he's so successful at soccer is because he's just faster and more explosive than anyone else that he plays soccer against. It's the same thing in football. If you look at guys like Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley is the second round pick, a second overall pick, sorry, because there's just a dynamic ability that he has to take anything and make it into something. Like, how many times do you watch running backs look like they're about to get tackled for a loss and it ends up being a four-yard gain? To the average person, they're like, oh, it's a four-yard gain. But to a a trainer, a sports-specific trainer, you're learning that this is a guy who's dynamic enough to make something out of nothing, and that's the guys that they want. So for me, in the offseason, I'm like, how do I make you a better athlete? How do I make it so that anyone that you line up against athletically, you are going to be a problem for them? And that goes from linemen to running backs, quarterbacks, receiver, D, you name it. You just need to be a better athlete. And then we move into how do we complement that athleticism with strength training and power training so that everything you do is enhanced by that 2 to 5%. Because realistically, you're not going to gain... 15% increase in athleticism in an offseason. It's got to be a planned out thing. So I like taking someone from grade 9 and working over four years with them. Because that's where you really understand the numbers. Because everyone always gets someone and they're like, oh, like, you run a 4-5 right now. By next year, you're going to run a 4-4, 4-3. And I'm like, no, it doesn't work like that. Like, I ran track. And you understand in the track and field world, like, I ran 11-1 when I was in grade 9. And that's slow. By the time I was done high school, I was running 10-7. And it took me 
my entire high school career to get to 10-7. And then when I was in university, I went 10-6 and then 10-5. Like it takes, that's six years for half a second. Like that's the amount of time it takes when you get to a certain level of speed. So like when I'm telling guys, hey, like you got to crawl and then you got to walk, then you got to jog, then you got to sprint. Like there's no quick snap of the finger fix to it. So we get them to the season being great athletes and being strong because strength is going to come. If you lift weights, it doesn't matter who's throwing weights at you. If you lift weights over an extended period of time, you're going to get strong. It's learning how to apply that strength where I like to focus on. So during the season, believe it or not, because you can't do all that athletic training, I, I focus on the lifting now. I focus on you maintaining and even gaining like 1% or 2% strength during the season. Because the reason why people get injured in the season a lot, outside of freak in- injuries, is they're just getting weaker. Their bodies are getting weaker. They can't handle the same workload. And they start to deteriorate. So my biggest thing during the season is maintenance and gaining that little bit more strength as the season goes on so that by the time you get to the end of the season in November, December, and January, like you're still as strong as you were in August. Like that's the big thing. In your opinion, right? And this is goals with, I know every trainer has a different way and a different implementation of what they want to put into the body, put into the system. We hear these fad diets, the keto diet, you have low carb diet you have carb cycling you have all this type of diets i like to say flexible eating <laughs> you know what i mean because i think a lot of a lot of changes you're oh, i'm on a diet or you have some people say oh i'm on a diet and like diet like really you're just gonna have the salad with the chicken and the and the balsamic vinaigrette <laughs> what's your take in your opinion should i say about these fads that you see potentially a lot of these athletes are starting to get into because now also, too, we see a lot of people picking up the Tom Brady situation, the vegan, right, with the resistance man. He doesn't lift any weights, but he's 41, and he's still the best quarterback of all time. That's just my personal view, but you know what I mean. But in your mind, what, what's your take? So first, let's touch on the Tom Brady thing. The reason why that method works for Tom Brady is, is in Tom Brady's system, in his career, he hasn't had to deal with a lot of change. He's been in the same system his entire career, They have only asked him to play quarterback. Now, remember, he's playing quarterback a certain way. They don't ask him to run around. They don't ask him to get hit a lot. Tom Brady can get away with stuff like that because that works into what he's required to do with his job. Now, does that work for a receiver? No. We saw with Julian Edelman training like that, that one offseason with Alex Guerrero and Tom Brady, he ended up getting hurt. So it doesn't work for everyone. He found something that works for him, so that's good doesn't mean it'll work for everyone do you get what i'm saying back to the diets now like i don't believe in the word diet like for me it's always lifestyle like diets don't reflect a true lifestyle like because eventually you're going to want to change that diet you're going to get tired of that diet you're going to plateau with that diet so it's always a lifestyle for me when it comes to athletes i tell athletes do you want to be a formula one race car Do you want to be a NASCAR? And the answer is always yes. Well, then you got to put that premium, high-end, top-end fuel in your body if you want it to perform like that. Like, you can't be going to the gas station in a Ferrari and putting that regular 127 
in your gas tank. Like, <laughs> it's not optimal. Like, same thing with food. Like, you can't be out there eating fast food and then saying, oh, I'm going to cut this out of my diet and cut that out of my... And, like, no. Like, you need everything. Like, the biggest thing for me is people were, like, I don't eat fat. Like, I don't eat anything like that. And I'm like, listen, your body needs all of that. It's just you got to pick the right ones. The right healthy fats, Because what people don't realize about these diets and these fads is like, your body is so complex, it is never going to be the same as anyone else's. So what works for one person might not work for you. Like, I've had people go to a geneticist and they find out that they've got like 17 intolerances to certain foods that they've been eating their entire life. And they're like, I would have never known this. And I was like, this is why you go to doctors and you find this stuff out. Like, all these people that are putting these diets out and stuff, I'm like, listen, unless a doctor looks at you and says, yo, this will work for you, I wouldn't do that. Like, I always send my clients to the doctor. Go see a doctor. Or I have a nutritionist who does the genetic testing. I'm like, go find out what your intolerances are because, trust me, you could be eating something that you love and it's the reason why your body's not changing. Like, you got to always do that background research before you do these diets. So, yeah, like those diets will work for some people, so I can't knock them. But they're not just a blanket diet plan that will work for everyone. Like for me personally, I've never dieted in my life. I eat whatever I want because luckily I've been blessed by genetics. Like growing up in the Caribbean, I ate as healthy as I possibly could have growing up as a child. So my body was straight. Like I came to Canada and like the lifestyle of eating is completely different. But I grew up with a Bayesian mom. So like my eating habits didn't change. So like I was still eating the same way, just the sources of food were coming from a different place. That's the only thing that changed. But like that that doesn't work for everyone. Like people don't factor in those things when they think of all these diets. Like find out your history as a human, your body. Like is there heart disease in your family? Like um is your family prone to cancers? What types of cancers? Stuff like that. Like, they got to find out all these things before they just jump on a diet fat. Like, you can't just do that. Do the background research. So, here's another question. Because we see it a lot now in sports, right? People cheat in the system, right? Now, not to to have to sound incriminating by any means, but have what what's your take on athletes that want to skip steps to want to, like, shortcut to get the body, the genetics that they want to do? And when I talk about that, I'm talking about maybe if it's blood doping, maybe it's roids, HGH, all those things, right? Because people that take steroids, I'm not, how do I say this? If you do that, you got to know why you're doing it and what you're doing it for. If you're a bodybuilder, potentially you're going to take a form of substance, right? That's for you. But like these athletes now, if you're a soccer player, basketball player, Hockey player, football player, tennis superstar. What's your take on that? My take on it's the same as the diet. Like, I'm like, listen, if, if you want to take shortcuts to get somewhere, then you don't have the mentality that I want to be around anyway. So I'm lucky I don't have those problems because I don't deal with athletes like that. It's why I don't, I don't dip into that realm of bodybuilding competitions or shows. I don't, I don't touch that stuff at all because, like, that's not a lifestyle that I agree with. Like... I don't knock anyone that does it because mm-hmm. what makes you happy makes you happy. Pain but for me, it's just not something that I agree with. So I'm not going to support it in the sense of investing my time into helping people get ready for that stuff. Um, athletically, like 
the, the problem with the athletes that take those shortcuts is it's either A, they started too late with what they wanted and they didn't do the, the proper research into how long it's realistically going to take me to get to where I'm going. Um, and B, like, they just mentally lack that capacity to work hard because that's why I like working over a long period of time with athletes. Like, you don't just wake up one day and are the top 5% athlete in the world. Like, that doesn't happen like that. Like, you have to be willing to invest that time in to get to that mountaintop. So for the people that, that choose to, to dope and, and do those things as athletes, like, you got to look at what their background is. Um, did they really need to even do it? Because there's a lot of guys that, if you look at baseball, for instance, like, hmm. baseball is one of those sports where everyone's like, oh, everyone's doping, everyone's doping. I'm like, yeah, yeah, they could dope all they want, but doping doesn't help you be able to hit a baseball off a pitcher's hand that fast. Like unless, unless your name is Sammy Sosa exactly, or Mark like, McGuire. Exactly. Like, that, that's a skill. I mean, you can say what you want at the end of the day, but like being able to hit a baseball like that is a skill. Like it, it enhance how far you hit the baseball, but like you still got to be able to play baseball. Um, in sports like football, like the reason why like drugs aren't a big deal in in football is because these guys have been playing football for so long in the states and and at a level that they don't need to because to get that extra edge like you know by the time you go to high school in the states whether or not you've got that potential to go to the next level and then how you progress in high school will tell you everything same thing in college once you get to college you know through that progression in college if you've got what it takes athletically to get to the nfl so for the guys that try and cheat those are the guys that necessarily are are the guys that are the second string trying to get to first string and like realistically, those guys aren't going to make it in the NFL or CFL anyway. So they're just trying to, to make themselves feel better in that moment. Um, I think in the past how many years in football, like have we seen a rampant problem with guys taking illegal substances? No. Um, let's throw this one out here. Adrian Peterson, the year that he tore his – when he broke his leg or did he tear his – He tore everything. He tore everything in his leg and he comes back the – the following year, now and blows it out the park. Let's look at the background of Adrian Peterson, though. Adrian Peterson is one of those gifted freaks of nature that, at every level of football he was ever at, was not only the best player but the hardest working player. So when Adrian Peterson got hurt, there was no doubt in my mind that he was going to come back and still be great. But do what he did, though. Like you don't, you don't think that's a little fishy? But did you see what he did in the off season after he got hurt to get back to where he was? I understand that. So basically, what you're trying to say is, I'm not trying to put you on the spot here. He should have took the same conditioning program like Derrick Rose, basically. I mean, Derrick Rose is a little different because Derrick Rose's problem in life was everyone taught him how to be the. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply the best and most explosive jumper, but they didn't teach him how to train your body to take that level of explosion and land from it. Because his problem was never getting off the ground. His problem was landing on the ground and it not destroying his body. Yeah, That's why he had... cast Adidas, ex- but we won't get there. Exactly. Right now, like, so. No one ever taught him the importance of the other side of the coin when it comes to explosion. Because everyone always says, oh, I want to jump higher, I want to jump higher. Yeah, you could jump 40 inches in the air and your body's fine in the air. But when you land after jumping 40 inches, can your body handle that? Absolutely. That's the difference. I know my, my body can't handle that jumping 40 inches. So, like, it's different. Adrian Peterson's <laughs> body demanded him to do different things than Derrick Rose's body. Because if you look at Adrian Peterson, he's never been that, oh, my God, he's a LaShawn McCoy or he's a Barry Sanders. He does a lot of his work running in a straight line and being very explosive in the first 5 to 10 yards and then have that top-end speed to finish runs. So, like, to come back from a knee injury like that, it didn't affect him as much. Like, if LaShawn McCoy was to tear his knee up like that, then it would have been a different story if he came back that fast. Because his game is predicated on being cat-like. Elusive. So that's different. Adrian Peterson's a power runner. Mm -hmm. So it was a different story for him. Makes sense. I know you already mentioned some of the athletes that you've trained, but do you have any special athletes that stick close and near and dear to Miguel's heart? Um, some of my favorite athletes that I've ever trained, like guys like Kruba that I mentioned, who he went to Western. I think he went to Western, yeah. then he played for the Thai Cats in the CFL. Okay, he was near and dear, and like one of my favorite people to be around. Daryl Wad, um, who plays for the Ottawa Red Blacks right now in the CFL, who spent time with the Washington Redskins um, down in the NFL. He's near and dear because, like, I've seen him deal with injuries and come back from injuries. Then guys like Liram Hiralahu, who's the kicker for the Ticats. Like, I'm near and dear to all my athletes. Like, it's tough to just name a few. Like, even, like, my girls that play soccer in the NCAA, like, Claire LaRose plays at Austin PA down in Tennessee, and she scored a game-tying goal last night, and it was a huge goal. Like, her mom was down there. I saw the pictures of it this morning. Like, I feel everything that my athletes do. Like, Absolutely. I was spoiled. Like, last year, I got to watch Shaq Johnson, a receiver for the BC Lions, score his first career touchdown. And then a few weeks later, I saw Josh Woodman, who's a DB for the Edmonton Eskimos, get his first career interception. Like, I'm constantly being spoiled by the things that my athletes are doing. So, like, this year, one of my hurdlers, Kalen Halls, committed to Iowa State to run track down there. Like, there's always a blessing because I work with so many different athletes that play so many different sports, it's always great to see. Like, I have a guy now, Brett Belechka, who is with the Chicago Blackhawks organization in the AHL Rockford in Illinois. Like, the blessings are endless. That, and that's why I like what I do, what I do. Because everyone in the fitness world, as trainers, like, 
everything is always their face. Like their face is always the first thing you see. Like what they think is always the first thing you hear. Like my philosophy is, is like you're only as good as the people you impact. So like if you're not impacting those people, then what are you really doing type of thing? So my focus always, even with this facility is, is how do I empower and make those people better so that they can do things that I didn't do make them better than I was because at the end of the day that's what it's about like it's my mom tells me all the time like the reason why we came to Canada is because I wanted you to have things that I didn't have growing up in Barbados <clears throat> opportunities that I didn't have mm-hmm. and that's exactly what she allowed me to do mm-hmm. so my my mentality is is with athletes is to give them the same love like make sure that they get further than you did and then teach them hey like just because you're focused on this don't forget about the other facets of life because like everyone's like oh like you just care about them athletically but no like i see athletics as a tool to teach someone a lot about life like my goal with this gym is to take a lot of high school athletes in london and get them out of the mentality of oh like i play sports in high school and then i go to a canadian university and that's it that's that's the ceiling for me no like play a high level of sports in high school and even if you leave high school and finish high school in the states at a higher level and then potentially get a free education in the states travel around north america see different things and get different experiences because like we're so sheltered in the way that we do things that like each step is already pre-planned for us i'm like break that that mold like chase and sydney are the perfect example like if I had asked them in grade nine if they thought they'd be playing NCAA football on national television three years later, they would have said, not a chance, because their goal was, let's go to Western. Let's play football at Western. So I want to break that mold. Like I want kids that, that want to push the envelope and do more than what everyone thinks they can do. Absolutely. Beautifully said, my friend. We are currently sitting in the facility, athletic fluency, Right. I'm in, we're in a room, and I'm looking around, and I don't see no, no, I hear your accolades, but I don't see no, where the plaques, where's the, I know you're certified, you're fully a jack of all trades, but I don't see anything hanging. I see the athletes. So that's special. Why don't you have any of your, your uh, accomplishments that you personally have done? Because it's not about me. Like, when people walk in here, um... They're walking in here, and I want them to see what they're trying to reach. I want them to see the athletes they want to be like. Like, the jerseys out in the gym hanging up, I want people to be like, yo, like, one day I want my jersey hanging up in here. Or I want my picture on the wall playing NCAA football or playing in the CFL or playing in the NFL. Like, that's what I want them to aspire to. Like, I don't want people to aspire to be like me because you might not want to do what I do. Like, you're not going to school to open up a gym or be a fitness trainer. Like, you could be going to school for business or going to school to be a doctor, but athletics is still a passion of yours. Like, I always want people to strive and see what they want to be through the people that I've touched. So, like, it's never going to be about me. Everyone's always like, oh, put up your your certifications and all the things that you've done. But what does that do? Like, that's just an ego thing. Like, I don't need to see that stuff to yeah. know that what I've done. Yeah. I know what I've done. Yeah. Like, the people that train with me, that, that do their research about me, or choose to train with me. They're choosing to train with me because they know what I've done. They hear. So I don't need to blast that in people's faces. Yeah. The accolades speak about itself. You exactly. got the long, the long list of names. <laughs> exactly. Like so. Like f- 
for me, like if if you want to find out anything about me, like just just research the athletes that I've trained. Don't research what I've done. Research the athletes that I've trained. Ask ask them what it's like because all my athletes will tell you I'm hard on them, but they like that because I hold them accountable, and they get where they get to because I hold them accountable. Like I don't let them slack. It's never gonna be oh like do you know who I am? Do you know what I've done? I don't ever take that approach with anyone. I always tell people I'm like. I don't want to chase, I don't want to have to ever chase after someone. If I have to chase after someone, then they're lessening my value because I know my value. I know what I've done. I know what I bring to the table. So I'm not going to chase after you. If, if you want to train with me and rock with me and get better, always, always going to take you. If you don't and you've got something bad to say, then that's fine. Like go somewhere else and I'm okay with that. If that's what's going to work for you, then I have no problem with that. I want to see you get where you want to go, Absolutely. even if it's not with me. Absolutely. So, Athletic Fluency, your gym, right? It's open now. It's officially open, right? Wow. I was here for the opening. I was here for the for the, the meet and greet, right? Support goes full way, you know what I mean? Especially with a lot of people that you see in our inner circle, right? Not everybody wants to support each other. But where I come from and the principle and the foundation that I apply by, I'm always supporting who's there, who's out here to make a difference, right? And I love how you said something about ego because... I feel like you have a lot of these people that are behind certain gyms or they may have their own gym and it's always about them, right? It's never about the people or the trainers or the people that have helped them get to where they needed to get to. You know what I mean? They always want to focal point on different radiuses and different axes and stuff like that. And it's time for me to talk a little spicy. You know what I mean? That's true. (laughs) You know? But with you and your team... Right, you, you, We talked this summer. I, I didn't think it was going to come this quick. I'll be honest, because we had a conversation. You said, Rory, look, I'm opening this gym. This is what's happening. I said, okay. And then, boom, all of a sudden, I'm hearing athletic fluency is here. The lifestyle, the staff, talk to me. Well, how did you, is this a hand-picked roster team that you picked? Yeah. Because um, it seems like it's hand-picked. It is hand-picked. It's looking like 92 Dream Team. It's hand-picked, yeah. and... and the reason why I, I picked the people that I did to work here is because um, I want people that are fashion, passionate sorry, about fitness in every sense of the word. Like I want people that hold themselves accountable and they work out and they stay in great shape. And I want people that aren't just only about keeping themselves in great shape and a healthy lifestyle, but are passionate about helping other people live a healthy lifestyle and helping them get to where they want to be. That's the first thing. And they're not demeaning to other individuals. No. Like exactly. it's always about love for me. Like if if you want to show love, I will always accept it. If you don't want to show love, I'm not going to harp on you about it. Like that's a you thing. It's not it's not a reflection of me. Um one of the biggest influences in my life um to open this gym and I'll give him a shout out is Steve Maddie. Like the way that Steve Maddie does things at Combine Fitness up in the North End where I used to be. Like, it's all about love and positivity. Like, he is not a negative person in any sense of the word. Like, I, I sat down in front of someone who wanted to put us on the spot in front of each other and talk about, oh, like, is there beef because Miguel's no longer with you and he's opening up his own gym? And, like, his response was, no, I, I love it. Like, I love that he's doing this. And, like, there needs to be more people like him out there because, Absolutely. like, there's so many people that try and hold you back. And, and here's... Steve, who's like one of my brothers, 
who is ecstatic, like yeah. not thinking about it from a business or money perspective. He's thinking about, bro, you're doing everything that you can in your power to make the most of what you do and your gift and supports it. Whereas you have other people behind closed doors being like, oh, like, why would you do this? Or like, why wouldn't you stay there? And, and then telling the people that work with me, oh, like, you really want to work for him and yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, listen, at the end of the day, everyone's entitled to their opinion. I'm going to say something. See, here's the thing. People that have that same mindset about, oh, you know, why you want to work with this person or are you sure this is what you want to do? People are afraid of go- growth. That's what it all comes down to. Because they see something, they see the impact, they see the following. It's like when I used to work for a media company, volunteering, doing podcasts. They just want to tap into your fan base to kind of control that narrative, yeah. right? So that's the angle they come with because they're weak-minded because they know that they can't do it themselves, so they need to tap into your following. I've experienced it. I've seen it. doesn't matter if it's health and fitness. doesn't matter if it's podcasting. I've been there, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Steve Maddy is a, is a stand-up guy, and I see him time and time again with the job that I do, which I'm not going to give them any airtime, you know, whatever, just because, you know, situations and whatnot. But I remember even growing up with Steve, myself, and playing basketball in White, um, White Oaks basketball courts, right? So I've always known the type of guy that he is. He's always had the athletic foundation, you know, so shout-outs to him, shout-outs to Combine Fitness, <laughs> you know what I mean, and the things that they're doing. I'm actually supposed to be there for, for a golf registration um, situation coming up on Friday. So be on the lookout for that. <laughs> but athletic fluency, how proud are you right now? I mean, everyone tells me I should be happy. But, like, I remember saying this to one of my clients this week when he's like, like, you should feel good, like you're proud. And I'm like, no, like, I'll feel good the day where I've got another gym owner walking in here asking me, how did you get to this level? What do you do that's different from everyone else to be successful? That's when I'll be happy. Like, I'm not just going to settle for, oh, the facility is open and there's people coming in. Like, my impact is got to be in the community. It's got to be changing people's lives, changing athletes' lives, and, and then seeing that impact out in the community, not just only in the gym. That's when I'll be happy because, like, opening a gym, great. People open gyms all the time. Um, and then they close them down right after. And then they close them down right <laughs> after. My thing is, this has got to be a long-lasting thing in the community. Because at the end of the day, like, the gym isn't for me. I'll be honest. I haven't lifted a weight and worked out in here yet. Like, it's not about me. And people are like, that's crazy. And I'm like, no, because my focus is on getting people in here and letting them use the facility and getting the most out of the facility. And I saw the promos. I saw the promos. I see what you guys are doing, right? I see Cosmos Eatery. I've never been there. You know, you guys did a promotion, lunch and dinner, right? How did you get that access for the promo? Is it something that you seeked yourself? So. Or is it just through connections? I'll give a, a big shout out to my guys, Dimitri and Aaliyah, up at Cosmos. They own Cosmos. They do a catering company through Cosmos. And then they just opened up Dimmy's Greek House. And they're all in Richmond. So these guys, um, I met... And you'd think that we've known each other forever, but these guys I've only known for about a year and a half, and they're like brothers to me. Like, I ever need anything, I can call them, and they're there in a heartbeat. They ever want anything, same thing, vice versa. So Aaliyah um, came in one day to work out here, and he was like, hey, man, like, I love what you're doing. Like, you got to tap into that social media 
atmosphere and, and really get your name out there. So he was like, we, we do a great job at Cosmos with that stuff. He's like, we should do a cross promo where like we, we get people into your gym and then we get people who don't even know about Cosmos uh, in the Cosmos. So we sat down on like a Tuesday and then like two days later, the promo was done like that quickly. Like it's a great, it's a great thing to know that there's people out there that um, value you, what you do in every aspect like they're not just there to get something from you but they want to get the full spectrum of growth in you and see you do the best that you can even if they got to help you do it so like i'm blessed in this city because i have a lot of good connections like that and i always show love to them that's why exactly I, and you never burn your bridges right it's not a i've never even thought about burning bridges because like the one thing i've learned in the past three months doing this is like you don't really ever know how busy or how complicated someone's life is until you take on that same kind of lifestyle, owning your own business or doing your own thing. Because like people always say, oh, well, this person never gets back to me or this person. Well, you don't know how busy that person is. Like, I won't mention names, but I have a friend who everyone always says, oh, they never answer their phone or they never get back to me. And like I sat around him for like two hours one morning. And in that two-hour span, you know when you go on your phone and you can look through your entire call history and it will only show you a certain amount of numbers he scrolled through his call history and you could only get to about nine o'clock that morning Jeez. that's how many phone calls he had received or made in a two-hour span in one morning for his businesses mm -hmm. and i'm like you just never know so you learn to appreciate time and i always tell people always appreciate time because that's something that you can never get back but if someone's going to give you time then you know your worth to them I like how you say that because we're all entrepreneurs here and, you know, former me having a podcast, it's the same thing. People don't realize that, okay, you go from training to your regular job to creating podcasts, building the agendas, you know, having people reaching out to you off and on, having group chats that you're in with other podcasters, you know what I mean, and doing the booking. So I get what you say. And we and you can both relate to that. You know, any business owner, anybody that's building anything has that type of lifestyle. We live a busy lifestyle because we're not out here to kind of just twiddle our thumbs. People think that we're just out here, we twiddle our thumbs, and then that's it. If we can't reach out to you, we can't hang out with you, <laughs> guess what? It's probably for a reason because we're busy. It happens, right? At my other job, I close sometimes 10, 30, 11. When I get home, I'm not looking to like have conversations. I'm looking to eat and wake up for the next day and do what it is I have to do. So people got to, it's like, it's a mindset thing, right? And like you say a lot of people as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when i was looking to hire someone it was so slow and overwhelming i wish i had used indeed if you need to hire you need indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster and indeed doesn't just help you hire faster 93 percent of employers agree indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.
don't know how to balance between the both. You know what I mean? I know people that are in the, the nightlife industry. You know what I mean? Bartenders and stuff like that. And that's just half of the battle. But they choose to remain... I'm not knocking what it is people do to build, make their money, but they tend to gravitate to like, well, I work long hours and then I don't sleep enough and I'm tired and I can't work out and I can't do this because you don't have a structure. You don't, you're not building something. You know what I mean? There's 24 hours in a day. It's how you use those 24. What do you guys say about that? Steve Batty used to tell me this all the time and he, this was before he was a gym owner. Like, everyone has the same 24 hours. What they choose to do with it is up to them. But, like, when he gets after it, he's going to get after it full-fledged in that 24 hours harder than anyone else. Absolutely. And one of his favorite sayings is, if you're a man at night, you got to be a man in the morning. Facts. And I always listen to that because I tell people, I'm like, listen, I don't care how late you were out last night. You chose to be out that late. you got to wake up in the morning and handle your business. It's a choice. Um... So for me, like I'll give you an example from yesterday. I went to the Western football game yesterday after working here in the morning and saw a lot of people that I haven't seen in a while. And everyone's like, oh, like come out tonight, like get together with us, yada, yada, yada. And I went home and it was about 5.30, 6 o'clock. I ate and I laid down on my couch and I woke up this morning at 7 o'clock. And that was a sleep that I needed. Like it wasn't a, oh, like, oh, where are you at? Like you just didn't want to chill with us. Like I wanted to see those people. But at the same time, I know, given the lifestyle that I'm going to be living now as a, a new business owner, that like there's only so many hours in the day, and I can't burn out because there's so many other people that depend on me that I have to be careful where I put my energy and what I do with that energy. Because like, let's say I went out last night, and I got like four hours of sleep. Then the promo video that I shot this morning would have been affected. The, our ability to do this podcast would have been affected. Exactly. But in my head yesterday, I was like, listen, like, I know what I have to do in the morning, so like, I gotta be fresh and crisp for that in the morning. It's just about decisions. It's, it's funny, because I was telling that to somebody yesterday, last night. I'm like, yo, I'm not trying to go out and watch Triple G and Canelo fight, even though I know the fight would have been done early, because I have an agenda in the, mind, in, 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 in the morning. I know I gotta be at a certain spot to get here, connect you know technical difficulties happen and whatnot and i have to do a recording so it's like am i gonna do that half asleep like i went to bed what time did i go to bed last night like 1 1 30 woke up refreshed i woke up before the alarm i set the alarm for eight <laughs> i'm up by 7 30 so i'm st i don't the, <laughs> like my mentor says no alarm clock needed my passion wakes me <laughs> and you know who it is. That's, that's the truth. You know exactly who it is. But we won't say his name because it's not... Listen, if people know who we are, they'll know who we're talking about. The thing is, I can't remember... I'll tell you this right now. I can't remember the last time an alarm clock has woken me up. Like, because my body knows, yo, when 5 o'clock rolls around, I'm waking you up because we got things to get after. Like, yesterday, I went to bed at 5.36 p.m. And I didn't wake up until 7 o'clock this morning. And that was the first time... And I don't know how many years I had woken up past 5 o'clock. Like, I woke up and saw that it was 5 o'clock, and I laid back down because I knew that I didn't have anything to do until now. Um, so, like, it was weird being able to get out of bed at 7 o'clock and being like, wow, like, I needed that sleep. I'm not saying I'm ever tired. I'm not, I don't ever feel tired throughout a day, but, like, my body reminded me yesterday, hey, man, 
like every once in a while like you need a good sleep like this because like exactly. you're go 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 but then you gotta remember there's people that depend on you so well, you, exactly. you you gotta be good too exactly so because what would i look like showing up here when we set the time for 10 o'clock and i show up here at 10 30 you're gonna look at me and say really dude exactly like you're not respecting my time and that's the thing some people don't respect people's time that's the one thing i tell people is like i don't have beef with anyone but like if you disrespect my time like you could run out there and say whatever you want you can call me the worst person in the world and I'll shrug that off like it's nothing. Because you could say whatever you want. I don't care. You disrespect my time, that's like spitting in my face to me. You disrespect my time and I'm just done with you. Like, because you're not going to give me that time back. No one's going to give me that time back. And I'll be damned if I ever give you another opportunity again to waste my time. Exactly. People got to treat it like a job. Like, if your job requires you to be there for 4 o'clock, you're there by 3.30. I'm going to be honest. 3.30, 3.40. Right now, I know some jobs you clock in a little bit earlier because you have to do like you know potential touch bases and whatnot and this and that. But you have to be able to respect people's time. And like we we're the type we and you are both from the Caribbean, and they always say they make the analogy of oh black people's time when they say five o'clock the person showing up at your house six six thirty. Yeah. Listen, I'm ready by four <laughs> fifteen. You know what I mean? Like I tell my staff in our first staff meeting, I was like, listen, if I say be here at seven o'clock, you better be here at six forty five. Facts. Like, that's just, just the way this is rolling. I'm like, no, not 5-2, not 1-2. Like, change your clocks now. If I say 7 o'clock, you're here at 6.45. Exactly. Period. There's no if, ands, or buts. Exactly. Because you don't know what could happen between when you leave your house to when you get here. Exactly. So you always prepare for that. Because, oh, traffic is not an excuse. You lived in this city long enough to know what traffic is like. And you know the hours. detour spots. Exactly. You can cut the back streets. You know streets. where construction is right now. So... <laughs> I'm sorry. You know. Like showing up here at 7.01, 7.02 and think, oh, well, I'm only one or two minutes late. That's not the type of person affects, I want around me. And it affects. It affects the practices because if you can't start on time, it's like, well, what? why are we doing this? You know yeah. what I mean? So switching the direction. What would you say is Miguel's true nature to himself? Your cadence, the ability to make the mojo going. Realistically, for me, like, in the past three months, I've really learned what my my purpose is. And, like, I always knew that my purpose was helping people. Like, I'll do anything for anyone. Like, um, but in the past three months building this, like, I've learned that, like, my true calling is, is building something that I can leave behind that will have a long-lasting effect on other generations. Because so many people think about the now and what do I do now? Because like money is never my motivation because at the end of the day, like you can't get buried with your money. Like it's never going to happen. Um, but what's your money going to do when you're gone? That's my philosophy. Like when I'm gone, I want this facility, this, this idea of athletic fluency and the training to still be affecting lives down the road. Like if it's this facility is still here standing then, um, or the trainers that I have here have moved on and they're implementing that same philosophy they learned from me into their own facilities and they've taught other people that like I just want that that reach to be never ending so when I get up every day I'm only thinking how do I get better every single day like how do I get my engine to go one mile an hour faster like how do I get 
someone to give me one more rep when they don't want to. It's things like that where, where people don't understand that like everything I do has got to be about someone else. I can't do anything only thinking about myself because at the end of the day, I don't live on this planet by myself and I don't really need much in life to be happy. Um, coming from where I came from, like I'm a very simple person. Like As long as I got something to put in my stomach and a place to lay my head at night, it could be a four by six room the size of the office that we're in right now. I'm good. Like I don't need much to be happy. And that's what motivates me because like I am blessed to be able to have way more than I need. So how do I affect other people's lives so that they can positively impact others around them? And that's what it's all about because too many people live life and they're like, oh, like I want this, I want this. But yeah, at the end of the day, is that helping anyone else around you or is it just about you? Like, Absolutely. People don't get that. Like, There's so many people that like walk around with way more than they need and then you walk around the corner and you see someone with nothing and you're like, the world we live in, there's so many people with way more than they need and there's still so many people with nothing. And I'm like, I want to bridge that gap between those two people. Like, Everything about this gym is going to be about in some way, shape or form how do we give back to the community and make the community around us better? Absolutely. And you guys have the backing. You guys have your friends, your family. The friends, more importantly, they go to the University of Western Ontario. So they're going to they're gonna help. I, I see the promos. You know, I see everything that's going into it. And, you know, shout-outs to you. Shout-outs to the team you got here. You guys got something special. I know I may have not said that enough to you guys, but trust me when I see I see positivity i see the direction i see the scope and i know that this is going to be something special in the city well i hope it's going to be something special you no know? no wait wait a minute you I can't hope, hope. Yeah, i hope like, it's going to be something I, special I, I, we're putting it I, out in the I universe know, i know what my views and thoughts are and where i'm trying to get to and i know that once we get to that level um there won't be any facility not just in london in ontario or canada that's going to be able to, to do the things that we're going to do inside this facility. Mm. And I can say that confidently because I know in time there will be pieces of equipment in here to make people better athletes that no one else in this country will have. And I can say that right now. Sheesh. So, Sound like you're going to Australia. No, I don't even need to go that far. But what I'm saying is, is like I am going to change the scope of sports training in this city, whether people like it, love it, or hate it. It doesn't matter what you think. And... At the end of it all, it's going to be my athletes in your face succeeding and excelling at what they do, and it's not going to be my face that you're seeing. Yeesh. You're going to feel me through everyone that I touch okay. in this Okay. That's a... Whew. You're like... See, this is what I respect about you, right? For the longest time that I've known you, your ability to speak and be outspoken in sports training, specific training, is how I am when it comes to saying the things that I need to say in front of a mic. So I'm actually proud that we can actually have this time. I know it was a long time. I apologize. But you know life. We always want to make it. <laughs> See, my thing is, is like, when you are good at something, the, the norm is to don't be outspoken about it. Mm -hmm. um, always be modest about it. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't need to necessarily say that I am the best sports-specific trainer because that's a matter of opinion. 
I don't need for anyone to tell me that I have the best facility because that's a matter of opinion. What you can't argue is, is when my athletes are out there doing things that no one else's athletes in the city are doing, that speaks for itself. I don't need to tell you that. You're going to feel that. When you go to a high school football game and my athletes are out there beating the crap out of your athletes, then you have to go home and look at yourself in the mirror and say, how do I stop that from happening? Exactly. And then your athlete's going to come into the gym and say, hey, I'm getting the stuffing kicked out of me by the people that Miguel trained. How do we stop this from happening? And basically what you're saying is the exact same thing that happens at the pro level also too. You know what I mean? When you got Odell or you got whoever cooking, whatever DB or whatever linebacker or whatever secondary is out there, you got to go back to yourself and say, well, well, damn. You know, I wish I had his training parameters. I wish I, I read the game tape or the report that it was not supposed to be on my desk and whatnot. We're at a point at our show what I always like to do with the guests is I like them to plug the social media handle. I know you're just on Instagram, right? So and plug. Facebook. Oh, you're on Facebook now. And the website will be done this All week. the website's going to be done. So I want you to plug all the social media handles because I know you're not on the, the real cruxes of the Instagrams or you know, the the Twitters, you know what I mean, and whatnot. So plug all the Instagram, social media feed, and what you got coming up, coming for this fourth quarter. So the, the Insta and the Facebook are both at Athletic Fluency, all one word. And then the website is www.athleticfluency.com. That's coming this week, so watch out for that. The website's something special. Like, I wanted the website to be absolutely perfect before I put it out, and everyone's like, oh, just put it out, just put it out. And I'm like, no. When people, rush when people go on this website, they're going to feel it. Like, as soon as they go through this website, they're going to be like, yo, damn, like, this guy is serious, like, this facility is serious, and if I'm serious about wanting to be a good athlete, then I'm not going to consider anywhere else, period, because you're going to find out exactly how far my sports training has reached by the content of this website. Um, I never give out my personal handles or anything, because... Nothing I do is, it's just going to be go back to the athletes. Like, mm -hmm. Whenever I post things, it's about the athletes mm -hmm. or the people around me. So no one really needs to follow me. But make sure you get on the, the social media for the athletic fluency. Um, there's no Twitter for us. I'm not a big Twitter guy. Used Should to be. be. I used to be a big Twitter Should guy. Should be. But you know me. Like I say things, and I, I am outspoken, and I don't, I don't hold back. So I have to be mindful of, of what I put out there and rubbing people the wrong way um, because I don't want my athletes to, to grow up. Um, Wait, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, no, no, hold let on. me finish. I don't want my okay. athletes. I don't want my athletes to always forget about the the core principle, and the core principle is 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 doing the best that you can, not to rub it in people's faces, but for you and the people around you that care about you the most. Like for instance, um, there's people out there that think that I think that I'm better than anyone. I. I I don't think I'm better than anyone. I'm a kid from an island in the Caribbean. I don't think I'm better than anyone. I came from nothing, and I'm grateful for everything that I have. But at the same time, if I'm a better trainer than you in the respect of training athletes, then that's not me trying to be a better trainer just to say I'm a better trainer than you. That's me trying to be the best trainer I can be for my athletes. And if that upsets you and that disturbs you, I'm I'm not sorry for that. That's, that's a you problem, and I tell people that all the time. Like, I am not going to watch what I eat because it makes you go to the bathroom a certain way. Like, it's not going to happen. You're, you're speaking from a mind of creative, man, and that's why I had to bring you on this show because I said to myself, I was like, listen, when we all sit down here, things are going to get 
You know, it's been pretty calm, cool, and collective. You know what I mean? But it's like how me, when I podcast, I know that in this city, right, and surrounding, nobody else is podcasting. I heard a couple names in the city of people that were podcasting. But what I have to sit here and say is, these are the type of people that do something and they're doing it for all the wrong reasons, right? That's why they release like 10, 20 episodes and then they stop and they got to go through their rebranding. Keep following through. Keep doing what it is that you're doing because what your problem is, the reason why you got to reband is because you see somebody coming up with a higher potency. They're coming up with more quality. They're coming up with a lot more quantity also too. So that's what it is. comes down to the fear. I, I tell people, I'm like, listen, I don't need to ever uh, talk about or always be blasting it in your face about what I'm doing. Because like my athletes, like when Chase and Sid and Vaughn post about the things that they're doing, you feel that. Because when you think about Vaughn and you think about Chase and you think about Sid or any of the athletes that I touch when I train, you feel that 1% of me. So even if you don't want to have to deal with me personally and you don't follow me on anything, you're going to be like, oh shit, I know that they train with Miguel. And you're going to feel that. So exactly. like, you're not going to escape me. Like I want you to know that this is the right way to do things. If you really care about training people, there's a right way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's always going to be about empowering as many people around you as possible and them having a positive reach on the community. Because you will never be able to look at those people that I've touched and said, oh, well, they're this kind of person. You can say whatever you want about me. But when my athletes are out there doing greatness, you're going to feel that. Absolutely. Beautifully said, man. Well, for episode 111 of the Mitchell Report Unleashed, I got to give you hats off. This is probably your first time ever doing a podcast. Yes, it is. Right? And I've, been, I've been waiting just to do it with you. <laughs> and so I thank you for coming on the show. We're definitely, definitely going to bring you back on the show. Well, I'm waiting for that LeBron Kobe debate. Don't you worry. Okay. He's hinting off (laughs) things, people. He's hinting off things. Thanks a lot, Miguel. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.